power to live and experience victory in your Christian walk. Today on Leading the Way. The world has come to look upon the church just as another lobbying group. That's how they perceive the church. Because we have fallen into the trap. But you know what? I believe there's even far greater tragic consequence that Christians have lost the real power. They really have. That Christians have failed to experience this unbelievable, indescribable, unconventional, and unexplainable power that belongs to them by their very birthright. That's what happened. Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor, author, and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Well, the mission of Leading the Way is to passionately proclaim uncompromising truth at home and around the world. And what you hear on each audio or video episode is only a small part of the vast ministry reaching around the world in 28 languages and growing. Culture and faith are clashing now at epic levels. You see it. Think of the immense political and racial divide that seems to just be increasing every day. Well, today, Dr. Youssef addresses how Satan ambushes believers in attempts to squelch the power of Christians and the church. This is a message Dr. Youssef is calling True Power. Listen along. Be challenged to tap into that power that's available through Jesus Christ. I think a lot of people admire power, whether it is physical power or it is intellectual power, whether it's political power or it's money power, whether it's mental power. A lot of people admire power. They wish it. They crave it. They envy it. They pursue it. And they try to get it even if it kills them. Unfortunately, because of the pervasive influence of culture, particularly in the area of our knowledge and understanding of power. Because of the pervasiveness of culture in that area upon Christians, Christians too have come to value power in the same way the world does. Christians have come to view power in the same way the world does. Christians have come to venerate power the same way the world does. Christians have come to validate power and the use of power the same way the world does. But there is a tragic consequence to that, to the church of Jesus Christ, to the believers in Jesus Christ. There's a tragic consequence of us taking on the influence of our culture. You know what it is from the world's perspective? From the world's perspective, they now look upon the church just merely as a power-hungry political institution. The world has come to look upon the church just as another lobbying group. The world has come to look upon the believers, the church of Jesus Christ, just as another pressure group. That's how they perceive the church. Because we have fallen into the trap. But you know what? I believe there's even far greater tragic consequences. Believers, listen to me. There's a far greater, greater tragic consequence than even that, than the world's perception, false perception. Do you know what it is? That Christians have lost the real power. 
They really have. The Christians have failed to experience this unbelievable, indescribable, unconventional, and unexplainable power that belongs to them by their very birthright. That's what happened. You know, I was thinking about how Christians have fallen in the trap of perceiving power, exercising power, practicing power in the same way as the world, and and how they really traded something that is so precious, so incredible, so indescribable, that you can't describe to the world for the fleeting and the passing. And I was in deep in prayer and fasting, and I was thinking about this, and all of a sudden I remembered an incident that has taken place in my life when I was five years old. I was five years old, and I remember it like yesterday. It came so clear to me when I thought of how we have devalued our real power. We have been deceived by the world. And I thought of this instant. I walked up to my dad one day, and I said, Dad, I want to be equivalent today to a nickel. I said, I I want a nickel to buy candy. He looked at me and said, it's bad for your teeth. Give me a break. I'm five years old. (laughs) What do I know about good for my teeth or bad for my teeth? So I nagged him. No, my father, when he made up his mind, now it's all over. (laughs) But I tried, and I couldn't. But I was immature. I was five. I said, fine. We used to have nice bicycles in our house. But you know, there was a specific one that my father really treasured. He valued. He protected. He had a guy especially comes in, maintain it all the time. My father believed that it's the healthiest thing you can do. He was a very wiry, strong, healthy guy. I've just inherited my mother's genes. This particular valuable bike, among all the other bikes we had, this was, was his. This was something that was very special to him. So, on this particular day, I was irritated at my father. How dare he not give me what I want when I want it, at the time when I want it? How dare he would not let me gratify my desires? I didn't verbalize them that way, you understand. But I reasoned like a five-year-old. Down the street, there was a kid who was about three years older than me. And uh, he always talked about this particular bike. He said, man, this is a beautiful one. When I grow up, I'm going to get one just like your dad's. This is a great... And he always bragged about my dad's bike. So I walked down to him that day. I couldn't get the nickel. And I said, "Uh, how would you like to buy that bicycle for a nickel? (laughs) You mean it? A nickel? He said, I'll give you two. I said, that's even better. I took the two nickels, bought my candy. I got my candy. I got my immediate gratification. But what have I done? I have exchanged the valuable for the ridiculous. I have exchanged the great thing for the crummy. I have exchanged the useful for the useless. I have exchanged the significant for the insignificant. I have exchanged the prized possession for the worthless. I have exchanged highly regarded for the fleeting. But I want to tell you, that experience 
at a very early age taught me an incredible lesson in life. As I grew older and I began to understand what the Christian faith is all about, as I began to understand what the Word of God said, as I began to understand the promises of God, as I began to understand the treasure that is ours in earthen vessels, as I began to comprehend the deep antithesis between God's power and the world's power, I have learned from that day on, from the time I became mature in my walk with the Lord, that it is my cry to Him on a daily basis, and many times, several times a day, is my cry to the Lord from that moment of comprehension on, Lord, it is Your power and not worldly power that I crave. Lord, it is the power of Your Holy Spirit and not earthly power that I long for. Lord, it is the Holy Spirit's power and not my crummy power that I want to see. Lord, it is the power of Your Holy Spirit, not the fleeting power that I seek. Lord, it is Your Holy Spirit's power, not the world's manipulative power that I desire. Let me tell you about the world's power. You have to understand their idea of power in order to make the distinction. You see, when the world talks about power, the world is talking about the ability to control events, the ability to control circumstances. It's the ability to control other people. That's what worldly power is all about. You see, the world's view of power is it's your ability to manipulate people, your ability to tempt and entice people to get them to do what you want them to do. It's the ability to be self-sufficient. It's the ability to be above others. That's what the worldly power is all about. But the power of the Holy Spirit gives us is very different. The power of the Holy Spirit that God longs for His children to receive and to have and to be empowered with is for to serve His purpose in our lives. The power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit gives to us. And God desires for all His children who are born of the Spirit to have and be filled with on a daily basis, moment by moment basis, is like any other power in the world. And that is why Jesus told the disciples, He said, you stay in Jerusalem. Don't you move from Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Do you know why? Because it is only the Holy Spirit's power, which is dynamite-like, that will blast the power of sin. It's only the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is dynamite-like, which is going to take us not to be independent people of God, but to be dependent on God. It's only the power of the Holy Spirit, which is dynamite-like, that can forgive our sins, that can relieve our guilt, that can heal our soul, that can create love and humility in our lives. And above all, it's only that power that gives us favor with God and with God's people. And let me tell you, you cannot have this power as long as you have bought into the lie of the world's power and the deception of the world's power. And there are two things I want to tell you. Number one, in order to qualify on a regular basis 
There are two things that you have to do. But let me tell you something. These are not something you get up in the morning and say, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. No. These are more of a mindset. It's a mindset. And you constantly fill your mind with this thought. The two things are there. Admit your Achilles heel. Number one, admit your Achilles heel. Secondly, avoid your enemy's ambush. You say, how do I admit my Achilles heels? You heard me say this before. I want to say it, and I'll say it again until the Lord takes me home. Whenever I'm speaking to seminarians or young pastors or, or groups of people that I speak to, they would ask me, often ask me that question. They say, what is the area of your weakness, and how do you guard against it? Now, I have one answer, standard answer to that question. All of them. The question is, well, no, no, I understand. But now, what is the area of your weakness? All of them. Now, now, what I'm talking about, what is your weakness? I said, all of them. That's basically it. All areas are areas of my weaknesses. I have no strength whatsoever. You say, how can you say that? No, listen to me. This is not false humility. This is not just sanctimonious talk. This is not just preacher's talk. I want to tell you, this is the absolute truth, what I believe about myself. All of them. Every area. And I've read this lesson from the Apostle Paul. And he learned the secret of power that the Holy Spirit is working in him when he admits his Achilles heels, is when he confesses his weaknesses. Not when he brags about his strength. The Apostle Paul was in desperation, and he prayed several times. He wanted the Lord to answer his prayer, and the Lord didn't. And here's what the Lord said to him. He did not answer the prayer the way Paul wanted it. (laughs) But he did answer his prayer. Here's what he said to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. You know, before I read the text, I want to tell you something. (laughs) Through the years, I interviewed many candidates. In my previous ministry, in this, I interviewed a lot of candidates for jobs. And it's amazing how I can see the human tendency coming in, in exaggerating of what they've accomplished, exaggerating what they can do, exaggerating what their abilities are. Unfortunately, that's a human tendency for all of us. But I want you to contrast any bragging that you may hear from me or from anybody else, with what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. He said, and after I prayed about these things, here's what the Lord said to me. He said, now Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power made perfect in your weakness. That's literal translation. Not in your strength, not in your ability, not on your string of degrees, not in your leadership in the Jewish community, not your membership in the Sanhedrin, not in what you've accomplished under the Professor Galeel. No, 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 no. None of these things. So what's Paul's reaction to what the Lord said to him? Listen to his reaction. His reaction said, okay, Lord, therefore. <laughs> That's what actually a rough translation for, okay, Lord, I heard you. He says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And he goes on to say, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, and in difficulties. Now he was not lying on the ground letting people walk all over him. That's not what it means. He said, because when I'm weak... That's when I'm strong. 
Every time I become so conscious of my shortcomings, I move on very quickly and remember that it is His power becomes perfect in my weakness. Every time I'm facing a temptation, I come to the point, I said, I remember, Lord, I can't resist on my own, but through your power, I know it becomes perfect in my weakness. In his own strength, Paul felt pain. He felt sorrow. He felt need. But in the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through him, strengthening him, he felt joy, he felt contentment, and he felt peace. And let me tell you, that's real power. The world power, and you've heard it, would say to you, don't let them see you sweat. (laughs) Have you heard that? But God's power said, supernatural strength is only possible when you admit your Achilles heel. The Apostle Paul, once again in Romans chapter 8 verse 7, he testified to the fact one more time. And he's making it very clear. He said, listen, in my own strength, I'll be clobbered by the enemy every time. Every time. But in the strength of the Holy Spirit, I am in a position of being more than conqueror. To receive the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to, on a daily basis, admit your Achilles heel. Come clean with God. Secondly, Avoid the enemy's ambushes. Now, you say, well, the enemy's ambushing me all the time. He will ambush you when you're not prepared. But if you begin the day with that mindset, then you'll be aware, just like Paul said, of his devices we're not ignorant, that you're not going to fall for it. Let me give you a few of the enemy's ambush, okay? I have experienced them myself. First one. He will say to you, you have believed in Jesus Christ. By faith, you are saved. Right. But you have to live this life with the use of your mind that God gave you. You trusted him for your salvation by faith, but be realistic. This is the real world we're talking about. This is not the Bible world. Be practical. Use your mind. Use your head. This is how things are. This is how people do it. You placed your faith in Jesus Christ. He saved you eternally. But don't trust in His promises for your daily living. Not when you're cutting that business deal. That's a little shady. Because that's how things are. You see, He would say to you, You have received salvation by faith, but you can't operate your business. You can't operate your relationships by faith. You have to be realistic. You have to be practical. Most Christians exercise faith in the power of the Holy Spirit when they are saved for their salvation, for their eternity. But they fall in the trap of manipulating people, manipulating events, manipulating situations, manipulating circumstances in order to let them go their way. Instead of exercising faith in the living God, the one who saved you is the one who's going to carry you through. The second ambush is the seeking 
of the power of the Holy Spirit to avoid unpleasantness in life. (laughs) Seeking the power of the Holy Spirit to avoid unpleasant circumstances and unpleasant people and unpleasant situations in life. Preachers preach that stuff all the time. They fall in the trap of thinking that the power of the Holy Spirit is like a vaccine that you get it in and and, and then you won't have any difficulties in life. You're not going to have any problems in life. You're not going to have any temptations in life. Instead of what the truth, what the Bible teaches us, and namely, it is a continuous pouring of the Holy Spirit. It's continuous receiving of the Holy Spirit so that we become equipped to overcome every single time. There's a third ambush that you need to avoid. And you do that with your mind set. And the ambush that this enemy sets before us is what I call beating yourself up. I know some people do that mentally all the time, constantly beating themselves up. Emotionally beating themselves up. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. I'll tell you this on the authority of the Word of God, and I'll tell it to you from experience. The feeling of inadequacy, especially when things don't go your way, (laughs) is not a time for you to beat yourself up. It's time for you to beat your knees on the ground. I want to give you a rule of thumb. Whenever you focus on your inadequacy, other than confessing it and move on, other than surrendering it and move on, we know what you're doing. You're taking the spotlight from God and putting it on your inadequacy. You are taking the spotlight away from the Holy Spirit who wants to empower you. Whenever you focus on your own strength or lack of strength, whenever you focus on what you have or you don't have, whenever you focus on what you lack or you don't lack, whenever you do that, you take the spotlight away from God's sufficiency to meet all of your needs, not just some of them. When you focus on your own problems more than God's solution, when your focus is more on the difficulty of the battle than on the victory that God wants to give you, when you do that, you become morbid and gloomy. Nobody wants to be around you. (laughs) But not only that, listen. When you wallow in your failures, you will give the Holy Spirit no opportunity to do His work in you and through you as He wants to do. Two simple qualifications. Admit your Achilles heels, but don't stay there. Move on and receive the perfect power of God's Holy Spirit. And secondly, avoid the enemy's ambush. But there's even better news. The Holy Spirit will empower you when you do both. Thank you for joining Dr. Michael Youssef for his message, True Power, on Leading the Way. And if you would like to know more about what it means to live in true power through Christ, won't you consider chatting with a Leading the Way pastor? You can begin that conversation at ltw.org slash Jesus. As the eyes of the world focus on the latest flood of calamities, the most urgent may not be the most visible to the average person. Yet it is a growing menace that could ravage Western civilization. What is this crisis? The removal of foundational principles. 
the lessening influence of Christianity, the resistance to the guardrails of biblical morality, are all producing growing decadence and cultural disintegration. For decades, we have seen an erosion of Christian values, but today we are experiencing a world gone mad. What can we do in a world hostile to Christianity? Dr. Yusuf presents a seven-part plan providing practical steps on how to be a godly influence in our society and how to take a stand for our faith in a culture aggressively opposed to the truth of Christ. Contact us today to order your copy of Hope for This Present Crisis and the Hope for This Present Crisis Action Guide. Visit us at ltw.org today. ltw.org is where you can learn more about this special offer or reach out to a ministry representative. Call 866-626-4356. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.